Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. So, we're going to start with seeing what Jesus says about forgiveness. When I was preparing the message, I was like, Lord, how should I start this? And he says, you know, just read my word. Read my word. Um, and we're going to start going through all the, the parts in the Bible where Jesus speaks about forgiveness. Um, and we're going to start with Matthew 5, 23, 24. And then after we're done reading all those uh, Bible verses, we're going to pray one more time. Um, and then we're going to officially start with the message. Does that sound good? Okay, I need some feedback now, all right? Help me preach. Therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and there, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. I'm, I'm going to pause right there. Let that sink in. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there, and, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in, fr- in the front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Matthew 6, 14, 15. Um, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Very straightforward so far, huh? (laughs) Then Peter came unto Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? little context here. In um, Hebrew tradition, you know, Jewish people, they they basically had a thing where they would forgive like three times. That was like being very, very like spiritual. When you forgave like three times somebody. So when Peter comes to ask Jesus, he's basically saying seven times. He wants to like take it up a notch. And Jesus was like, no, you didn't even take it up a notch. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, and he tells this story. Therefore, the king of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he begun the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay the master, order that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of, of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and, and began to choke him. Not even Judas was this, was, was this treacherous. Look at this. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, 
they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I cancel all your debt of your, uh, I cancel all the debt of, your, of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And then Mark eleven twenty five says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Luke six thirty seven. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Luke 17, 3, 4. So watch yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Wow. Like Jesus, seven times? Same thing? Luke 23, 24. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. That's when Jesus was crucified on the cross. He said those words. The first thing is we need to acknowledge our own need for forgiveness. There is no way we're going to forgive the right way. There's no way that we're going to do things the right way if we do not acknowledge that we first need forgiveness. And I think, how many people have been wounded or hurt? I'm checking out the room to see who, who's alive. Because <laughs> everybody has been wounded or hurt in church, outside of church, in, in, within your families, within your friends. I mean, we've all been hurt. We've all been wounded. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story. But before we do, I want to pray. Lord, we come before you. We just ask for your spirit to give us clarity. We just ask, Father God, for your word to sink, to transform us, to make us new, Father God. Help us repent. Help us change the way we think, the way we see things, so that we can have an eternal perspective, Father God. Prepare the hearts, the minds of everyone here, Father and I thank you, Lord, for everything you're going to do through this message, through your word, through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let me tell you a little bit about my story. Um, when I was a young boy, I, someone close to my family did something terrible to me, something awful. I'm not even going to mention what it is. Maybe one day I'll sit with you, have some coffee, and tell you all about it. Go into details. So I was probably, hmm, I can't even remember. But I can tell you that I buried that thing so deep in my heart. I was a boy. I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know what to do with it. So I buried it. And I stayed quiet. I didn't tell nobody about it. Not even my family members, though. Not my brother, not my mother, not my grandmother. The only person that knows is my wife. And... 
that thing that happened to me traumatized me. And I buried it so deep inside of me that it, since I got older, it felt like a bad dream. It felt like a nightmare. But the problem was that it was still shaping me. It was shaping my decisions. I would get anxiety. I would even feel like I was sick. And I tried to just bury it down. And it affected me all the way up until my late 20s when I was married. And one day, I was like, I need to let this out. Yes, I had spoken about it with God. And yes, I had made the decision to forgive that person. That wasn't even in my life anymore. And at that point, I actually needed to be liberated. I felt that it was holding me back. I felt that even some of the sins that I was committing at that moment were related to that. And I put in danger, and I put to risk my marriage, my relationships, all because of something that happened to me when I was a boy that was dramatic, and I didn't deal with it. Maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe some of you can relate to somebody cutting you off, you being upset, <laughs> and forgiving right there at that moment. But we need to understand that some people have passed and has gone through some traumatic situations in their life that is not that easy to forgive. We can make the decision to forgive, but there's a process of healing. See, today I'm going to show you some of my scars. Because I feel like it's necessary for people to see some of the things that we go through. Our pain, our scars, and traumatic situations as well. The way we respond to the wound determines how quick it heals. If you don't treat the wound, it starts to get infected. It starts to spread. Next thing you know, it leads to amputation or death. That's what was happening to me inside. I was dying slowly. With something that wasn't even my fault. Somebody took advantage of my young age, of my innocence. And that thing was carried throughout almost all my life. I'm telling you, it wasn't until my late 20s that I got rid of that. I have forgiven, but I never dealt with the process. I never dealt with healing. And I think that is important because what Jesus says is very cut and dry. You, we need to forgive. There's no buts. There, there's, there's nothing else. Forgive. If you don't forgive, there's consequences. What is the consequence? It's clear, right? But you know what the thing is when it comes to God? When God tells you something, it's not just a spiritual thing. It's also sometimes a literal thing. Because that was killing me inside. It was hurting my relationships. 
And I would continue to look for things that would affirm me or continue to look for people's approval or, or some type of way out. Even being a Christian. Because every time I used to go to God, I really didn't want to let go. Sometimes we want to hold on to the anger. Sometimes we want to hold on to the hurt. Because we had it for so long that it's hard for us to even function outside of that. But say, God has something better for you. What Jesus says about forgiveness is clear. How can I forget the person who abused of me when I was a kid? And how that affected my identity, my fears, to the point that I looked for approval outside of God? I was wounded, but my actions were my own. It gets to a point where we want to take as an excuse the things that happened to us for our behavior, for the things that we're doing now. We want to hold on to something. Well, I'm like this because of that. See, I act this way because of this. See, I don't want people to get close to me because of what happened to me in the past. And we heard it said, forgive and forget, right? Forgive and forget. Believe me, that's, that's okay with, with somebody cutting you off in traffic. That's okay when, when, you know, my kid dropped something. When he dropped my laptop and cracked it open. And looked at me and said, oops. $2,800 laptop. My working laptop. Had to send it off. It was under warranty. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Are you under warranty? Was the price paid for your healing? Was the price paid for your restoration? Was the price paid so that you could be whole? We're being discipled. We're being discipled through TV series, through movies, through music, through so many things. Everything opposite of what we read about Jesus. All the opposite. You watch a movie, something happens to you, or something happens to a loved one of yours. We all see it in the movies. It's like the main character is talking to somebody else. All dramatic lighting. Can't believe they did this. 
Then the other guy's like, so what are we going to do? Well, you know what we're going to do. We're going to hit them back. And we're going to hit them worse. By the time we're done with them, they're going to wish they were never born. Don't even get me started with rap music. And then in those TV series, have you seen some of the characters? They're so evil. They're so like, that even you hate them? You hate them. And even when you see them on the red carpet, they're not even, they're not even in the character anymore. You see them, you're like, there's something with that person. I don't know. People, we are being conditioned. We are being discipled. It's not a matter of, of a question of we're being discipled or not. We are being discipled. It just depends on what is discipling us. Is it the word of God? Is it God himself discipling us? Or are we being discipled by other things? See, I, I understand PJ's mom. He said it here a whole bunch of times where she didn't let him watch certain TV shows and certain things. And that is true to me now. Like, I don't let my kids watch anything. <laughs> I'm like, what are you trying to watch? Let me, let, me sit with, let me sit there with you. Because I know the power of this. The power of how it's conditioning us. The power of how it's discipling our kids, discipling us. I asked my child yesterday, sat him down. I'm like, Israel, do you think there's something that can't be forgiven? And he was like, yeah. Quick. And I'm like, it even surprised me. I'm like, where are you getting this from? Like, and he was like, somebody killed one of my family members. And I was like, but this is the crazy thing. Jamil is only two. No, four. I'm sorry. Jamil is only four. And, and I asked, can that be forgiven? And Jamil, that's only four. He was like, yes. And Israel is nine. He was like, oh, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to forgive that. And yes, there's a age difference and a gap. But I feel that the difference here is when we have an eternal perspective. If we don't have an eternal perspective, it's going to be hard for us to forgive those things that are traumatic, those things that we wake up and we see that it's missing, those things that are constantly being reminded to us. And I feel like our experiences, our emotions, everything that we go through needs to be submitted to Christ. It needs to be submitted to an eternal lens. Once we can submit all those things to an eternal lens, we'll be able to forgive. And we'll be able to go into the process of healing. 
the process of tending that wound that is going to take time. Be patient with yourself. Forgiveness can be a journey, and, it, and it's okay to experience moments of struggle. Be patient with yourself and trust in God's grace. Forgiveness is not a one-time event, but a continual process. See, I spoke about being discipled. When you're being discipled by Christ, you start to understand this concept. You start to live this concept because you start practicing. You start training. I'm sorry, language matters. We start training. And we start by forgiving little things. And we continue on with that. It's not easy all the time. There's a verse in the Bible. There's going to be a brief commercial because we know we're talking about what Jesus said, but there's, there's a verse in the Bible that I had to bring in. So I'm doing a little commercial here for Psalm 23. Where it says that, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. Who can recite it? Who can recite that, that verse? Somebody here can recite that verse? The Lord is my shepherd. It says, there's a part there that says, he anoints my head with oil. Have you guys ever looked into that? Like really looked into it? Like when it comes to the shepherd? See, the only way the shepherd or the sheep can rest is when it's satisfied. So the shepherd needs to make sure that they're satisfied. And he says he will give us rest. So that means that you will be satisfied. And then, I was looking into it with the anointing. Like, why would, why would a shepherd anoint the head of a sheep? Because we, we, we immediately think it's, it's about anointing us, right? But that was something that was actually done to the sheep. Yes. See, I was in young adults group. Do I have my people from young adults group here? Come on now. They're like, there's some people from my young adults group in the house. That's, that's better. We need, we need to practice on that. We need, to, we need to do something. And I was, we, we read that verse, and then I went home, and I was like, I remember studying this. There's something important about the anointing of the head. And the important thing was that there was a season with flies. And the flies, is anybody sensitive here? The flies will go into the nostrils of the sheep and lay eggs. And they would drive them crazy. It would drive them to run, hit their head, try to take it out. It was so uncomfortable. It was unbearable. 
So the shepherd will anoint the head with oil. So that when the flies try to go in, they will slip out. And they wouldn't be able to lay eggs. You know what is one of the names of the devil? Lord of Flies. We need that Holy Spirit. We need that anointing. We need His presence. Because the flies are going to be there. There's going to be a season where I'm going to be reminded of what happened to me when I was a child. And the flies are going to try to go in my nose. Come in my head. But in those moments, I could go into God's presence. Receive that anointing. They're going to slip out. They're not going to be able to lay eggs. They're not going to be able to, to have a nest in me. So there is a way. The first step of that healing is Holy Spirit. The first step of that healing is going into God's presence. Church, forgiveness does not mean that you pretend it didn't happen. Forgiveness does not, does not mean that you trust again. You just can't lead through that. You need to lead through what Christ said. For what you're being shaped and formed to be. You're not being shaped and formed to be a better, a better version of you. You're being shaped and formed to be like Christ. So be patient with yourself. Remember that forgiveness is a journey. And it's okay to experience moments of struggle. Be patient with yourself and trust in God's grace. Forgiveness is not a one-time event, but a continual process. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Liberates you from the burden of bitterness. Allows you to experience the peace and freedom that comes from God's grace. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One of the central purposes of the Christian life is to strive to become like Christ. The way that God forgives demands admiration. And I shared this a while back in the men's, men's group, the men's life group. I'm going to try this with the men. How many of my men's group are in the house? Okay, okay. Young adults, what's happening? The men are up in here. And one of the things that I shared with them was the, was the following. It was, whatever you admire, you follow. And whatever you follow, you become. 
Why are you admiring? That's why I'm telling you, disciple, discipleship is so important. We sometimes admire so much those celebrities. We sometimes admire so much even, even people from movies, not fictional characters. And we admire them. And then we, we, we don't know why we're not clicking with God's way. We need to sit in admiration of the way that God forgives so that we could follow those same footsteps so that we could become like him. When I was praying to God about what happened to me as a child, he told me, you need to speak with somebody. You need to share. I was afraid. I thought that by sharing, people might even look at me different. I even thought that my wife would look at me different. But when I shared what happened to me, I felt so free. And the things that I was afraid of that were going to happen... The opposite happened. My wife, instead of looking at me with, I don't know what I was expecting, disgust, I don't know. She looked at me with eyes of love. And the greatest thing was that she could basically put the pieces together, understand why I was behaving the way I was behaving, or why I, I, I tended to do certain things. See, God's route is the best route. God's way is the best way. Even if it hurts, and it's okay to tell him. It's okay to open up our hearts and say, Lord, you know what? This hurts. I don't even want to bring it up. That's how much it hurts. Jesus was crucified. He was on the cross. Nails, spear, whipped, tortured. And when he was up there, he said, Father, forgive him. His disciples scattered. Peter, we all know Peter, what he did three times. I don't know him. Who? See, that's what we do when we bury things. It's like we're saying, no, we don't know you. Then Thomas. Thomas didn't believe. And I just love, and I shared this with, with the team last week, I just love how Jesus appeared the first time. They told Thomas, and Thomas didn't believe. He appeared seven days later. He says, I heard you, Thomas. And he repeated three times, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace. Church, Lifehouse Church, peace be with you. He went to Thomas and told him, look at the holes. 
See, I just love how he kept his cars. To show his disciple what he went through. The price he paid. We all have scars. And guess what? Once we heal, once we, we, we can surrender to God and, and just surrender everything that has happened to us, our emotions, everything. And it's going to take time. So be patient with yourself. But once you're healed, just like I share my story, not the full-blown story, but part of it, it starts to bring life to other people. For those who love the Lord, everything, say everything, everything will work for good. How many believe that? I could have never seen it, even with my situation. And I know you could feel the same way with your situation. It's like we can't see how that can bring life. Hey. But he has a way. Because everything will work for good. Everything. And that is what we have to look forward to. Hope. Life. If I could get the keys. Thank you, Chris. Like PJ said, we got to land this plane. If you would have told me, Edward, what happened to you when you were a kid was going to serve to bring life to others, I would have said never. You're crazy. How can it be? And I've shared my full-blown story with some people. The first person was my wife. And I've shared it. I have opened up to some people. However, I feel led by Holy Spirit to do so. Because you don't tell your story, just your full-blown story to anybody. But there's going to be people that God is going to move you to tell that story. And I can tell you it has been a blessing for others. Because once they see the scar you got... And they see that you survived. They see what, the, what God has done with you. They've seen how he has restored something that was so broken. Just like Christ. They will be able to see life. And an eternal promise. So don't be afraid to talk to somebody or share your story. However you feel led by, by the Holy Spirit and God. What happened to you will bring life. Tend to those wounds. Because what Jesus says is so clear. 
And I didn't want to focus on if you don't forgive, you're, you're, you're dead. If you don't forgive, your father won't forgive you because our father understands. And God's heart is for us to reap the benefits of obedience. I'm not even going to say the benefits of forgiveness because that's thrown around a lot. And it becomes something that is all about just us. Well, it's going to make you feel better. Well, it's going to do this. It's going to do that. That's fine. But I want to first be obedient. What if it doesn't make me feel better? I still need to be obedient. It might take me a while. It might be a process. But I'm going to take that first step to obedience. And he becomes strong in your weaknesses. The good shepherd will put you to rest. He's going to anoint your head. So when the pesty flies try to come around, they won't even have a chance. It's just beautiful how he has all the bases, co- all, all the bases covered. If you've been through something traumatic, if, if, if you need to forgive someone, if whatever the situation may be, even if you're okay, even if you're healed, whatever the situation is when it comes to you individually, if you're good, start interceding and praying for somebody here. You don't need to know them. You don't even need to know their name. Let's prepare the, the environment for forgiveness to take place. Let's prepare the environment for God to move and do something special here tonight. Today, this morning, sorry. It's dark, lights, you know. If the prayer team could come up, we're going to do things a bit different. prayer, you could just go to the aisle and one of our prayer team will go up to you. I feel like if all, if all prayer teams could come up here, please. If, if you need prayer, I don't want you to come up here. I don't want everybody to see you or look at you. I just want the prayer team to, to see you and, and I just want whoever feels moved by Holy Spirit to pray for you specifically can go and pray for you. These people are in the prayer team because they have discernment. God has placed them there for a reason. And if we could just bow our heads, just bow our heads so we could give some privacy and start praying there where you're at. And if somebody needs prayer, they could just come to one of the aisles. And somebody from the prayer team will be able to pray for you. Prayer team, start interceding. Start praying. 
Father God, we just we come before you, Lord. Knowing that you are God, knowing that you're merciful, knowing that you love us, knowing that you forgave us first so that we know, Father God, how great forgiveness is. We just ask for your presence, Lord. At the end of the day, Father God, we need you. It's not about us. Only you have the power to heal. Only you have the power to restore. Only you, Father. Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing. for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.